Chapter Thirty Two of Tales of a Traveler by Washington Irving. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Greg Giordano. The Devil and Tom Walker, Part Two. What was her real fate, nobody knows. In consequence of so many pretending to know, it is one of those facts that have become confounded by a variety of historians some asserted that she lost her way among the tangled mazes of the swamp and sunk into some pit or slough others more uncharitable hinted that she had eloped with the household booty and made off to some other province while others assert that the tempter had decoyed her into a dismal quagmire on top of which her hat was found lying in confirmation of this it was said a great black man with an axe on his shoulder was seen late that very evening coming out of the swamp carrying a bundle tied in a check apron with an air of surly triumph the most current and probable story however observes that tom walker grew so anxious about the fate of his wife and his property that he sat out at length to seek them both at the indian fort during a long summer's afternoon he searched about the gloomy place but no wife was to be seen he called her name repeatedly but she was nowhere to be heard. The bittern alone responded to his voice, as he flew screaming by, or the bullfrog croaked dolefully from a neighboring pool. At length, it is said, just in the brown hour of twilight, when the owls began to hoot and the bats still flit about, his attention was attracted by the clamor of carrion crows that were hovering about a cypress tree. He looked and beheld a bundle tied in a check apron and hanging in the branches of a tree of the great vulture perched hard by as if keeping watch upon it he leaped with joy for he recognized his wife's apron and supposed it to contain the household valuables let us get hold of the property said he consolingly to himself and we will endeavor to do without the woman as he scrambled up the tree the vulture spread its wide wings and sailed off screaming into the deep shadows of the forest tom seized the check apron but woeful sight thought nothing but a heart and liver tied up in it such according to the most authentic old story was all that was to be found of tom's wife she had probably attempted to deal with the black man as she had been accustomed to deal with her husband but though a female scold is generally considered a match for the devil yet in this instance she appears to have had the worst of it she must have died game however from the part that remained unconquered indeed it is said tom noticed many prints of cloven feet deeply stamped about the tree and several handfuls of hair that looked as if they had been plucked from the coarse black shock of the woodsman tom knew his wife's prowess by experience he shrugged his shoulders as he looked at the signs of a fierce clapper clawing egad said he to himself old scratch must have had a tough time of it tom consoled himself for the loss of his property by the loss of his wife for he was a little of a philosopher he even felt something like gratitude towards the black woodsman who he had considered had done him a kindness he sought therefore to cultivate a further acquaintance with him but for some time without success the old black legs played shy for whatever people may think he is not always to be had for calling for he knows how to play his cards when pretty sure of his game at length it is said when delay had wedded tom's eagerness to the quick and prepared him to agree to anything rather than not gain the promised treasure 
he met the black man one evening in his usual woodman dress with his axe on his shoulder sauntering along the edge of the swamp and humming a tune he affected to receive tom's advance with great indifference made brief replies and went on humming his tune by degrees however tom brought him to business and they began to haggle about the terms on which the former was to have the pirate's treasure there was one condition which need not be mentioned being generally understood in all cases where the devil grants favors but there were others about which though of less importance he was inflexibly obstinate he insisted that the money found through his means should be employed in his service he proposed therefore that tom should employ it in the black traffic that is to say that he should fit out a slave ship this however tom resolutely refused he was bad enough in all conscience but the devil himself could not tempt him to turn slave-dealer finding tom so squeamish on this point he did not insist upon it but proposed instead that he should turn usurer the devil being extremely anxious for the increase of usurers looking upon them as his peculiar people to this no objections were made for it was just to tom's taste you shall open a broker's shop in boston next month said the black man i'll do it to-morrow if you wish said tom walker you shall lend money at two per cent a month egad i'll charge four replied tom walker you shall extort bonds foreclose mortgages drive the merchant to bankruptcy i'll drive him to the devil cried tom eagerly you are the usurer for my money said the black legs with delight when will you want the rhino this very night done said the devil done said tom walker so they shook hands and struck a bargain a few days time saw tom walker seated behind his desk in a counting-house in boston his reputation for a ready-moneyed man who would lend money out for a good consideration soon spread abroad everybody remembers the days of governor belcher when money was particularly scarce it was a time of paper credit the country had been deluged with government bills the famous land bank had been established there had been a rage for speculating the people had run mad with schemes for new settlements for building cities in the wilderness land jobbers went about with maps of grants and townships and eldorados lying nobody knew where but which everybody was ready to purchase in a word the great speculating fever which breaks out every now and then in the country had raged to an alarming degree and body was dreaming of making sudden fortunes from nothing as usual the fever had subsided the dream had gone off and the imaginary fortunes with it the patients were left in doleful plight and the whole country resounded with the consequent cry of hard times at this propitious time of public distress did tom walker set up as a usurer in boston his door was soon thronged by customers the needy and the adventurous the gambling speculator the dreaming land jobber the thriftless tradesman the merchant with cracked credit in short every one driven to raise money by desperate means and desperate sacrifices hurried to tom walker thus tom was the universal friend of the needy and he acted like a friend in need that is to say he always exacted good pay and good security in proportion to the distress of the applicant was the hardness of his terms he accumulated bonds and mortgages gradually squeezed his customers closer and closer and sent them at length dry as a sponge from his door in this way he made money hand over hand became a rich and mighty man and exalted his cocked hat upon change 
he built himself as usual a vast house out of ostentation but left the greater portion of it unfinished and unfurnished out of parsimony he even set up a carriage in the fullness of his vainglory though he nearly starved the horses which drew it and as the young greased wheels groaned and screeched on the axle-trees you would have thought you heard the souls of the poor debtors he was squeezing as tom waxed old however he grew thoughtful having secured the good things of this world he began to feel anxious about those of the next he thought with regret on the bargain he had made with his black friend and set his wits to work to cheat him out of the conditions he became therefore all of a sudden a violent church-goer he prayed loudly and strenuously as if heaven were to be taken by force of lungs indeed one might always tell when he had sinned most during the week by the clamour of his sunday devotion the quiet christians who had been modestly and steadfastly travelling zionward were struck with self-reproach at seeing themselves so suddenly outstripped in their career by this new-made convert tom was as rigid and religious as in money matters he was a stern supervisor and censurer of his neighbours and seemed to think every sin entered up to their account became a credit on his own side of the page he even talked of the expediency of reviving the persecution of quakers and anabaptists in a word tom's zeal became as notorious as his riches still in spite of all this strenuous attention to forms tom had a lurking dread that the devil after all would have his due that he might not be taken unawares therefore it is said he always carried a small bible in his coat pocket he had also a great folio bible on his counting-house desk and would frequently be found reading it when people called on business on such occasions he would lay his green spectacles on the book to mark the place while he turned round to drive some usurious bargain some say that tom grew a little cracked-brained in his old days and that fancying his end approaching he had his horse new shod saddled and bridled and buried with his feet uppermost because he supposed that at the last day the world would be turned upside down in which case he should find his horse standing ready for mounting and he was determined at the worst to give his old friend a run for it this however is probably a mere old wise fable if he really did take such a precaution it was totally superfluous at least so says the authentic old legend which closes his story in the following manner on one hot afternoon in the dog days just as a terrible black thunder gust was coming up tom sat in his counting-house in his white linen cap and india silk morning gown he was on the point of foreclosing a mortgage by which he would complete the ruin of an unlucky land speculator for whom he had professed the greatest friendship the poor land jobber begged him to grant a few months indulgence tom had grown testy and irritated and refused another day my family will be ruined and brought upon the parish said the land jobber charity begins at home replied tom i must take care of myself in these hard times you have made so much money out of me said the speculator tom lost his patience and his piety the devil take me said he if i have made a farthing just then there were three loud knocks at the street door he stepped out to see who was there a black man was holding a black horse which neighed and stamped with impatience tom you're come for said the black fellow gruffly tom shrank back but too late he had left his little bible at the bottom of his coat pocket and his big bible on the desk buried under the mortgage he was about to foreclose never was sinner taken more unawares 
the black man whisked him like a child astride the horse and away he galloped in the midst of a thunderstorm the clerks stuck their pens behind their ears and stared after him from the windows away went tom walker dashing down the street his white cap bobbing up and down his morning gown fluttering in the wind and his steed striking fire out of the pavement at every bound when the clerks turned to look for the black man he had disappeared tom walker never returned to foreclose the mortgage a countryman who lived on the borders of the swamp reported that in the height of the thunder gust he had heard a great clattering of hoofs and a howling along the road and that when he ran to the window he just caught sight of a figure such as i have described on a horse that galloped like mad across the fields over the hills and down into the black hemlock swamp towards the old indian fort and that shortly after a thunderbolt fell in that direction which seemed to set the whole forest in a blaze the good people of boston shook their heads and shrugged their shoulders but had been so much accustomed to witches and goblins and tricks of the devil and all kinds of shapes from the first settlement of the colony that they were not so much horror-struck as might have been expected trustees were appointed to take charge of tom's effects there was nothing however to administer upon on searching his coffers all his bonds and mortgages were found reduced to cinders in place of gold and silver his iron chest was filled with chips and shavings two skeletons lay in his stable instead of his half-starved horses and the very next day his great house took fire and was burnt to the ground such was the end of tom walker and his ill-gotten wealth let all griping money-brokers lay the story to heart the truth of it is not to be doubted the very hole under the oak trees from whence he dug kid's money is to be seen to this day and the neighboring swamp and old indian fort is often haunted in stormy nights by a figure on horseback in a morning gown and white cap which is doubtless that troubled spirit of the usurer in fact the story has resolved itself into a proverb and is the origin of that popular saying prevalent throughout new england of the devil and tom walker such as nearly as i can recollect was the tenor of the tale told by the cape cod whaler there were divers trivial particulars which i have omitted in which whiled away the morning very pleasantly until the time of tide favourable for fishing being passed it was proposed that we should go to land and refresh ourselves under the trees until the noontide heat should have abated we accordingly landed on a delectable part of the island of manhattan in that shady and embowered tract formerly under dominion of the ancient family of the hardened brooks it was a spot well known to me in the course of the aquatic expeditions of my boyhood not far from where we landed was an old dutch family vault in the side of a bank which had been an object of great awe and fable among my schoolboy associates there were several mouldering coffins within but what gave it a fearful interest with us was its being connected in our minds with the pirate wreck which lay among the rocks of hellgate there were also stories of smuggling connected with it particularly during a time that this retired spot was owned by a noted burgher called ready money provost a man of whom it was whispered that he had many and mysterious dealings with parts beyond seas all these things however had been jumbled together in our minds in that vague way in which such things were mingled up in the tales of boyhood while i was musing upon these matters my companions had spread a repast from the contents of our well-stored pannier and we solaced ourselves during the warm sunny hours of midday under the shade of a broad chestnut on the cool grassy carpet that swept down to the water's edge while lolling on the grass 
i summoned up the dusky recollections of my boyhood respecting this place and repeated them like the imperfectly remembered traces of a dream for the entertainment of my companions when i had finished a worthy old burgher john jos vandermoer the same who had once related to me the adventures of dolph heiliger broke silence and observed they recollected a story about money digging which occurred in this very neighborhood as we knew him to be one of the most authentic narrators of the province we begged him to let us have the particulars and accordingly while we refreshed ourselves with a clean long pipe of blase moore's tobacco the authentic john joss vandermoor related the following tale end of chapter thirty two recording by greg giordano newport ritchie florida